Once upon a time, there was a wise elder who roamed the land. And in their wandering, they came upon a village that seemed a little bit strange. As they entered the village, they noticed that all of the people in the village were hunched over with these large bundles on their shoulders, so heavy that it made it hard for them to even look up. So the elder went to one of the young people of the village and said, good morning. I'm a stranger in your village and I'm curious about those large bundles that you have on your shoulders. Can you tell me what's their purpose? Oh, these, said the young person. Well, these, these are our grudges. <laughs> oh, said the wise elder. Oh my, you have an awfully lot of grudges for such a young person. <laughs> oh, these, said the young person. Well, some of these are mine, but a lot of these got passed on to me through my family. You see that person over there? Well, their great-grandfather called my great-grandfather a horse thief when they were both running for mayor. And so we've had grudges for a really long time. Oh, said the wise elder. Well, it just seems like you all are so unhappy and so uncomfortable. Can't you just put them down? Oh said the young person. Well, see, the thing is, we've forgotten how. Back in the day, when we first started to carry our grudges, it was kind of new and exciting, and people came from all over to see what we were doing, and we had visitors and guests, but after a while, it wasn't so new anymore, and people faded away, and then it got just really dreary, and now we've just totally forgotten how to put our grudges down. Oh, said the elder, well, I have five magic words that I've learned that help people remember how to put down their burdens, and I wonder if your village would be interested. Interested? Well, yes, let me go get the mayor. And so the mayor rounded up all of the people of the village into the village square, and the mayor said, good people of Grudgeville, there is a wise elder here who tells us that they can help us remember how to put down our bundles. And so listen to what they have to say and do what they advise. And so the wise elder stood in front of this crowd and said, friends, indeed, I do know five magic words that will help you remember how to put down your bundles. These words are not always easy to say, but I know that you have the courage to say them. But the thing is, you have to say them to each other, and you have to mean it. So these are the first two words. I'm sorry. Can you say those words? I'm sorry. And the second three words are, I forgive you. Can you say those words? 
I forgive you. And then you say all five words together. I'm sorry, I forgive you. And so the elder invited the villagers to say the five words. And at first, crickets. It was totally silent. But then pretty soon somebody gave it a try and there was a murmur and then more people spoke and more and more and more and pretty soon there was a large roar in the village square and everyone stood up as their bundles disappeared. And before long, people said, look at how tall the trees have grown. Oh my goodness, look at how blue the sky is. And oh, how nice to see your face, my neighbor. <laughs> and people were looking at each other in the eye and shaking hands and getting to know each other once again. And before long, the mayor had changed the name of that town from Grudgeville to Joytown. Our first reading today is adapted from Letting Go by Jay Wallen. Are we a people of holding on or of letting go? Holding on to rigid ideas or letting go and opening our minds and hearts to something new? Holding on to certainty of how things should be or letting go and living with the uncertainty of new ways of being in the world. Holding on to what makes us comfortable or letting go so that we may grow, which can be quite uncomfortable. Holding on to what makes us safe or letting go to help make room so that others may feel safe. Let the flaming chalice of our religion be a symbol of burning up the ties that hold us back from being our true self and reaching our full potential. Let it be a symbol of lighting a new way for us into a better tomorrow. And let it be a symbol of letting go because holding on too long and too tightly is not good for the soul. Our second reading is When I Really Don't Want to Learn This by Elizabeth Nguyen. Spirit, I would really rather not learn this. Didn't think I needed to. I thought someone else could do it. Thought a leader was coming to do it, or the young people could do it, or the elders could do it, or the professionals. I don't want to learn it because it means letting go of something I hold dear. Letting go of being someone who knows the answers. Letting go of someone, of being someone who doesn't know. Letting go of the way I see the world. Letting go of how I might have to change. Letting go of certainty, of logic, of facts, of control. Of the myth that you can live on this earth and not harm. 
or the myth that you can't learn anything new. Please help me to learn it. Please. And then help me to live what I have learned and do right by the gift of being taught. So ends our reading. sorry. I forgive you. Yes, those five words are magical. Not because they change the world, but because they transform us. And when we are transformed, we can help transform the world. Apology, making amends, forgiveness, these are all spiritual themes with a rich history in most religious traditions. They all point toward the spiritual practice of letting go. Letting go of hurts, anger, pain, revenge. Letting go of expectations of ourselves, of our loved ones, of others, of how the world should be. Not that what may have happened is erased or goes away, it is always present. But what is transformed is our feelings and thoughts. Really, that's the only thing that we have any control over, ourselves. We can't change or control what has already happened. We can't change or control someone else. We can only change and control ourselves. We are always and forever invited to make choices about how we are to be in the world. And because all is connected, when we are transformed, it is possible that all can be transformed. This evening marks the beginning of the Jewish High Holy Days, also known as the Ten Days of Awe. And today is Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. Today begins the countdown of 10 days to the holiest of these holy days, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, which this year begins on the evening of October 8th. A central ritual of Rosh Hashanah is the blowing of the shofar, or ram's horn. Today, in temples all across the world, we will hear the sound of the ram's horn. Rabbi Aidan Stolstas tells us this. The horn is not, nor has it ever been, a musical instrument. It emits only a harsh blast, a wailing, groaning, threatening, annoying, and frightening cry. The blowing of the ram's horn at the start of the new year is a hint to sleepers to awaken from their slumber. It is a call to examine their souls and improve their ways. 
The ram's horn, therefore, is not intended to beguile the ear, but to arouse and shock and provoke those who sleep. It is a call to awaken. Over these next 10 days, Jews celebrating the high holy days will examine their lives, their behavior, their souls, noting what is not serving them or serving the world. They will reflect on the past and they will prepare for the future. They will note where atonement or making amends is called for. They will ask for forgiveness, seeking to be in right relationship with themselves, with others, and with God as they move into the new year. Often, meals over these next 10 days will include apples dipped in honey to acknowledge and hope for a sweet new year. This process of waking up an invitation into self-reflection and making amends is often a process of letting go. Letting go of burdens, letting go of failures, letting go of expectations. It is a process of clearing out what is not needed, both literally and spiritually, and making space for what is new. The mission of this faith community is opening minds, filling hearts, and transforming lives. The thing about transformation is that it requires change. And change means letting go of something. Perhaps what has been, perhaps expectations about what should be, perhaps letting go of any expectations at all. This past month, we have been exploring the spiritual theme of expectation. I hope that you've had a chance to explore this theme in your small groups or meetings. In worship, we began the month with this theme in my first sermon as your settled minister just a few weeks ago. And we relived our respective journeys that brought us to this place where we are in shared ministry together with an invitation to notice the expectations that we all brought with us and those that serve us and those that we might want to let go. We explored the theme of climate chaos with two sermons and a global climate strike in between. We reflected on what we might have to give up in order to save this earthly paradise and survive. And as we come to the end of this time of reflection on our expectations today is an invitation to let some of them go. Those that no longer serve us, perhaps those that never really did. Letting go is a spiritual practice not only in the Jewish tradition, but in many others as well. Letting go is one of the core tenets of Buddhism. The Four Noble Truths are a condensed version of all the Buddha's teachings, it is said. The first noble truth 
is an acknowledgement that there is suffering in the world. There is suffering. The second noble truth is that the cause of suffering is known. And the cause of suffering is craving, desire, and attachment. The third is that the end of suffering can be attained by letting go, often spoken of in the West as non-attachment. And the fourth noble truth is that the means to the end of suffering is the Eightfold Path, which is working towards skillfulness in wisdom, in ethical conduct, and in meditation. These teachings are rich and deep, and no doubt I will return to them on occasion. They certainly inform my life. The terms attachment and non-attachment are translations into our language that don't capture the nuances that are important to explore. But for today, let's just name the truth that our attachments can cause us pain. It is our loving someone that causes us pain when they leave us. Attachment can also cause pain when we cling to those things that may not serve us, perhaps never did, or once did, but don't any longer. Letting go begins with recognizing what we are holding on to, bringing a curiosity to it, not judgment, curiosity, it might involve some exploration of the role it plays in our lives. Where did this thing that we are holding on to come from? Our own experience? Was it passed down to us in our families? Was it handed to us by someone else? Did it come from our culture? What makes us hold it so dear? What are we worried about or afraid of if we were to let it go? Then we make a choice. We make a decision to let something go. Sometimes awareness and a conscious decision is enough. And sometimes letting go is an ongoing practice that takes time, just as clinging is a practice that we acquire the habit of over time. And at some point, we let go. We just let go. And when we let go, we invite in what is possible. We make space for what is new with the hopes that it is sweet like apples dipped in honey. There is a story in the Zen Buddhist tradition of two monks who are traveling together. And in their travels, they come to a river with a very swift current. And as the monks approach the river and get ready to cross, hiking up their robes, they notice that there is a young woman who is also trying to cross the river, a young and beautiful woman. And the two monks look at each other because they have taken vows that say that they will not touch a woman. 
Well, before very long has passed, without a word, the older monk goes over and picks up the young woman and carries her safely across the river, sets her down, and goes on his way. Well, the younger monk is speechless about what has just happened and hurries across the river to catch up with his companion. And they walk together without a word for about an hour. And then another hour passes, and then another, and finally the younger monk can stand it no longer and says, you touched a woman, you picked her up and you carried her across the river, how could you do that with our vows? And the older monk says, brother, I sat that woman down hours ago. Why are you still carrying her? Just like the villagers in our story who were carrying their burdens, some of them handed down to them from their families through generations, we all carry burdens too. Some of them are from our own experience. Some of them are passed down to us from families, from cultures, from our faith tradition, our nation. Some of these serve us well, and some of them don't. And it is our spiritual work to discern which of those don't serve us well and the world and set those burdens down. It is only when we do so that we can notice how tall the trees have grown or how blue the sky is or the beauty in the face of another. As you entered this morning, you may have been given a glass pebble. If you have your pebble, pull it out. And if you don't have a glass pebble, would you please raise your hand so that the ushers can help get you one? Everybody got a pebble? Wonderful. So in this moment, I invite you to turn your attention to your glass pebble and join me in a meditation of exploration. Notice your pebble with all of your senses. You might use your eyes to notice if it is solid or shimmering or reflective. If you close your eyes, you might notice how it feels. Is it round or flat or cool? Is it smooth, bumpy or warm? Is it heavy or light? You might rub the pebble against your cheek or against your arm. You might even smell it. Does it smell like something you recognize? And as you explore your pebble, consider that your piece of glass was forged in fire. Silica and chemicals heated to more than 2,900 degrees Fahrenheit melted, worked, and molded to form the pebble in your hand. And just like your glass pebble, your expectations 
have been forged in the fire of your experience, melted, worked, and molded. Your expectations take a certain shape in your life. And if you haven't done so already, I invite you to close your eyes, if you're comfortable. Consider your expectations. What expectations have you noticed this month? Expectations of yourself? Expectations of your loved ones? Of others? Expectations of this community? Of Unitarian Universalism? Of the world? of the divine, however it is you name that which is greater than you. Consider any expectations that no longer serve you, perhaps never did. Are there expectations that you would like to let go of? Take all of the expectations that you'd like to let go of and send them to your pebble. Visualize them moving from your mind, your body, your spirit, down your arm, through your hand, and into your glass pebble. The glass has been forged in fire. It can hold your expectations forged in your experience. Send the expectations that you are done with into your pebble. In a moment, we are going to let go of our pebbles, but before we do, let's take a moment to thank our expectations. Even if they no longer serve us, and maybe never did, they had something to teach us. Did we learn that we have amends to make? Did we learn that an apology is needed? Did we learn that there is room to forgive ourselves and someone else? Perhaps we learned from our expectations even if we really didn't want to. Offer gratitude and say thank you. I will count down from three, and when I get to one, we'll all drop our pebbles together. Yes, there will be pebbles on the floor. All shall be well. Are you ready? Three, two, one. Breathe with me. Just breathe. Just breathe. Would you join me in a time of prayer and meditation? Sweet spirit of life and love, in gratitude for lessons learned, we lay down our burdens. May we have the courage to offer apology, atonement, and forgiveness where it is needed 
that we may be released. May our letting go open our minds and hearts that we may open our arms to others and open our arms to this hurting world. May our letting go invite transformation in our lives that we may help transform this broken world. As we let go, may we forgive ourselves and each other. May we begin again in love. Let us hold a moment of silence together. <laughs>